What's going on, everyone? This is the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student athletes about the realities of college. Um, today, we have a very, very special guest. He's a near, dear friend of mine, um, Justin Lawler. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this guy. Um, he didn't know I, I had a bio on him, but he's pretty uh, well-established, so I, I'm going to brag on him for a little bit. <laughs> um, so he's going into his third season with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, before he was drafted in the seventh round by the Rams, he attended Pottsboro High School, um, where he was a two-time district MVP, a two-time first-team All-State selection, and two A State defensive play, uh, defensive most valuable player. Um, he led it in basketball, baseball, and powerlifting. Um, track as well, right? Yep, track. Yep, got track as well. Um, and after an illustrious high school career, he attended SMU with me. Um, and after redshirting, you started you started three full seasons, uh, finished his career with 226 tackles, 40 and a half tackles for loss, and 20 and a half sacks, while being named to multiple first-team all-conference teams as a senior. So this is my guy, my brother, Justin Lawler. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Jerm. What an intro, man. What an <laughs> intro. <laughs> Hey, I, I looked down like, man, I, play, I played with the guy. I didn't even know that uh, he had all these accolades, so. Hey, I didn't, you say yourself, I didn't even know I had. <laughs> no, I appreciate you, appreciate you having me. Uh, what you're doing is great, man. So I look look forward to contributing as, hey. uh, as much as I can. Oh, for sure. It's my pleasure to have you on. Um, so I want to start out with this question. So you played high school, college, and now in the NFL three years. Who's the best player you've ever played against on any level? You know, when you when you ask me that or send me the questions to look that, I really had to think about it. But I'm gonna bring, I'm just gonna say the guy that brings me the most frustration that I've okay. ever had in my entire. It's Andrew Whitworth, and most people know mm-hmm. who Andrew Whitworth is. He's a vet, plays for the Rams, left tackle. He started his career out at LSU in college, and then went to the Bengals for eight years, and I think he's been with the Rams for six, four. I don't know. I don't know numbers, but. He's been an NFL vet. He's going into his 14th or 15th season. And if you're not a starter, you do you do scout team. And I go against this guy on the right side of the edge. He's left, obviously, right. every day. And he frustrates me to no end. Really? Why and is that? Would, bro, he, he's just so – he, like, he jumps in my head and he knows what I'm doing before I do it. And I'm not – like, I'm not exaggerating. He's just so smart. He's been playing the game for so long. He's long, athletic, as old as he is. He still can move. And uh, it just frustrates me every day because I go out there and I beat him maybe once and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider it. You know, I, I, I'm talking about how good he is. I got to talk about how I beat him maybe once. And, you know, I wouldn't have got the sack. It was quick game. So you can argue that I beat him or not. But but he, he's so frustrating to go against because he's so good. But, yeah, that would definitely be the guy. Who uh, who frustrates you the most? Man, that's crazy. So you named the offensive lineman that you're going against. So you play defensive end or slash outside linebacker, correct? With the right, Rams. right, yeah. So who's the best overall player you've seen with your own two eyes, like that you've been on that you share the field with? Probably Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Talk to me about that a little bit, oh, man. What breaking down film on this guy? This, he is. He's just a. I, I'm just gonna say, great quarterback. I mean, the the things he does, the things he sees. It was, and I'm not a I'm not a quarterback expert, you know, anything like that. But 
just watching this guy on tape was was incredible to watch. And so probably I don't you know I don't. I would definitely say him. just watching him on film, like the all I had on him on film was like, damn, this guy's good, you know. Right. So, and just kind of seeing that, saying that over and over, that was the first guy that popped in my head. But it's just a great overall player, probably Aaron. Yeah, because because you know that means a lot because you know I'm a Saints guy. So, I know you're saying you, yeah. <laughs> what you not saying Drew Brees, Drew Drew okay. Brees, but you know Drew Brees is still he's still. He's still putting up numbers, bro, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers right now. Maybe maybe a few years ago when he was in his peak, he, he's still playing well. I'm not gonna say he's out of his prime because he's still playing well, but he's a little out of his prime, but you know, Drew Brees, he's he, he he makes it he makes it work. Gotcha. I understand. I understand. Uh so, <laughs> so more some more personal questions for you, Justin. So how were right, you right. how were you introducing the sports? How were you introduced to sports? Yeah, uh, my dad plays softball, like a men's softball, and he just does it really for exercise, or he used to. He doesn't do it much anymore. Um, and so I used to go with him, uh, it's probably four or five, you know, and uh, we started playing baseball. Baseball was the first sport I ever played, and I just mm -hmm. played really because he was – he joined the uh, PYA, which is the youth association around where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And he was the coach, so I played. I was probably five, maybe six, and uh, just kind of got involved there. And then I played soccer. They were both kind of the same season, so we were pretty busy. But I just played soccer, baseball, and then just kind of did those. I was introduced to football in third grade. I was probably no, – I think that was my first year was third grade in football. Um, padded, full padded. We didn't do flag like they do now, but mm – -hmm. Anyway, that's a different conversation. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, at a young age, probably five, six, uh, baseball and soccer were my two sports. Oh, cool, cool. I didn't, I didn't notice you played baseball and soccer first. That explains why you have such good feet because, you know, soccer, you got to have good feet to be. I mean, I guess you could explain that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, why also why I played basketball, too, so mm. just for the feet, so. Gotcha. So you were well, uh, well-rounded. When did you know that football was a sport that you wanted to pursue? Well, when I, after I played in third grade, I think it was the first season, maybe a fourth grade after two seasons, I, I knew by far that was just the, for, the sport I enjoyed the most and enjoyed it as far as like had fun playing it. Um, and my parents could obviously tell that that was the one I cared about the most because that's right. the ones, you know, like as a little kid, sometimes you don't want to go to practice. You don't want to go to the even games sometimes. Exactly. As a little, you know, you're just worried about chilling at the house. Yep. With your friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you want to do. So, right. uh, but with football, you know, that, that wasn't really the case. I was always excited to go. And so probably from a young age, um, that was just, Football was my thing, and that's what I love to do. So probably at a young age is when I first realized. Got you. That's good. That's good. Um, so you said football. You found out when you were younger that football was really what you wanted to do. When did you kind of have the um, your first initial thoughts that this might be what you want to do as a collegiate athlete and you want to go to football or you want to play football in college? Yeah. So I didn't have those thoughts for a really long time, and I'll tell you why. Is like – where I'm from, very few people, and I mean, me and one other guy in recent history had gone Division One. Wow! And so, 
in 2008, a guy named Cody Bauer went to Rice University, and that was the first guy to go to college from where we're from in a long time from our high school. So that, that idea didn't necessarily cross my mind for a while because I didn't know I knew that it was possible, but it just didn't happen. So as a young guy growing up, you're like, oh, I'm just going to play just to play, you know, and I never, never crossed my mind that I could actually play in college because it just never happened. Um, but after he went, you know, it, it never really crossed my mind, probably till I had coaches come in January or May, um, watch me work out and train and run routes. I was a tight end too, mm -hmm. and then play defense and, you know, just in the spring, kind of the spring drills or whatever. And they're so what year was this? What year was this for you? I think it was 2012, the 2012? year before, no, 2011, the year before my junior year. Got you. Okay. They came in and then after, before my senior year is when I was offered, but they had me on their radar kind of my sophomore year, never gave me an offer. I, they wanted to see how I developed I'd probably, it wasn't many, it was four or five coaches come and see, and it's, they all told me to see how you develop and see how you progress, and then we'll mm -hmm. kind of go from there. So um wasn't before my senior year until one of them actually offered me. Really? Oh, we're going to come into that in a little bit in a second. Um So when you started getting recruited, well, let's go back to your, um going into your junior year. Yeah. How big were you? Like, what were your attributes? What size, weight, speed? Like, what was? Man, I was, I was relatively small for a 4-3 defensive end. Um, I think I was 190, 200 going into my sophomore year. And then my junior year, um, I made a big jump that offseason to about 220. Okay. And so I was about 6'3", 220 uh, my junior year. And then um, – that was kind of – I think that's why I was so light in those earlier years. I think why that's why a lot of the coaches kind of, all right, let's hold off. And just because I was so light, they wanted to see if I could gain that weight, how to progress in the weight room, put some muscle tone on me. Yeah. Um, but – and that's kind of – I think I was 6'3", 220, 225-ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Got you. So – what um, what do you think led to you? Did you just have a growth spurt for your thirty to get those thirty pounds, or was it like the workouts that you all were doing, or did it just happen over time? It it was it was just a mix of, I think, a small growth spurt, just kind of finishing that maturity process, right. as well as a mix of weight room. I I took a big emphasis into the weight room because one of the coaches had said in like telling my high school coach um, that progress in the weight room was one of the things they wanted to see. So mm -hmm. obviously I wanted to do that as much as I could and spend every second I could in the, in the weight room. And I played all those other sports for cardio. I played basketball in the off season. I played baseball, which isn't a whole lot of running, but you mix that with track and they're kind of in the same spot. Mm -hmm. So as long as I played those sports, my cardio and my fitness overall was fine. I knew that, but the weight room is where I had to take, extra time to do that. So after practice or something with another sport, I'd just go hit the weight room and, and make a big emphasis on that. Perfect. So I also played um, multiple sports as well. I ran track, played basketball, and did different yep. things like that. And you're in the NFL now, so do you think that playing those multiple sports help, has helped you? Absolutely. Uh, and, and another thing I want to add is I know when I got recruited, they looked and – were attracted to 
for lack of a better term, people who played multiple sports. And I, for me, I, when I speak to some high schools, I've done a couple of speakings to high schools and I always tell them to play multiple sports. And this is why I was like, you can build skills for your main sport by playing other sports and still having fitness and having fun with your friends. Like I played basketball, like I said earlier, was for footwork and cardio. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything's any of those two things, that's basketball to a T. Is yep. <laughs> good, good, yeah, good feet playing defense. Mm-hmm. I couldn't shoot worth a dang. I could get rebounds and hustle, and that and that was it. But I played a lot um, for those two reasons. But footwork and cardio, and then baseball, uh, hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. just uh, ball reaction, a quick pitch. You know, just little stuff like that. That I think I developed at a younger age kind of helps me now see the ball uh see the hands of the offensive lineman you know the receiver had to catch the same thing in baseball obviously have a glove and then track obviously that's simple for speed work Mm -hmm. top end speed acceleration you know different things like that so I always tell kids to play multiple sports because you build skill and things that you don't even know you're building skill in that you can attribute or uh cross over to the sport your your primary sport as you as you would call it yeah, Justin, that's a great insight, really good insight. I appreciate you um, sharing that with our audience today. So let's talk, let's talk about your recruiting for a little bit. Um, so you said it kind of started your sophomore year and you got your first offer senior year. So what, did, so what happened between when those coaches started seeing you as a sophomore and that first offer? Like, were they talking to you? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I had a few coaches kind of – they never talked to me directly. I, I don't – I don't, the NCAA rules change so frequently. They do. Um, but I think they couldn't talk to me yet, but they just talked to my high school coach, uh, Coach Poe, um, very briefly and generally just kind of telling them what they wanted to see from me, that they were interested, that they'd be back. You know, I'm still young, whatever. They see me here. They see me there. They see me as a tight end or a defensive player or and whatnot. Um, but I think it was just a commitment to football, to just to getting better at football. I think, I think so many times kids focus on getting offers and, and getting those things, getting those attributes that they don't really focus on what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And they miss out on that. They miss out on the weight room sessions and the extra running, the extra field work, the extra, you know, mm-hmm. you name it, the extra work in general. And because they're so focused on getting stuff and getting those attributes to where I just focused on hey, the one coach said, I need to get stronger and develop. All right. There's the weight room. One coach said, I need to get speed. There's track, there's extra field work and top end speed that I need to learn. You know, just little things like that. Focus on developing yourself rather than the attributes and the amount of offers that you have. So you actually took the information that the coach gave to you and implemented that into your regimen to help you get to what, I mean, they're, at, they're telling you what they're looking for. So if you can increase yeah. those things, you got to where you are now. Right. No doubt. And, and obviously they know what they want. They know what they're looking for. And so if one coach is telling you, there's probably four or five others that may have looked at your film or going to look at your film that think the same thing. Right. So you can use one coach to your advantage and probably have the same thoughts as multiple. Now, if the positions are different, obviously that may change. But if right. everyone's looking at you for the same position, it's probably going to add up to be similar. They're not exact, obviously, because every coach looks for different things, but it'll be similar. And so, yeah, I use, I use that to my advantage for sure. 
Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect, Justin. So how many scholarship offers did you actually end up with? Three. Three. And what were those three? Yeah. So, well, four, if you count, at one uh, week before signing day, I had uh, Memphis offer me. And I think it was just because they knew they weren't going to have enough or they had a scholarship open and they just kind of offered me to see if I'd take it. Um, but Memphis, if you want to count that one, SMU, um, North Texas, and University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA. So what made you choose SMU ultimately? Yeah, so I chose SMU. It's a funny story about SMU that I'll say is, you know, Highway 75 runs through Dallas. Well, mm -hmm. SMU is on one side, and my grandparents live on the other. Mm -hmm. Maybe five minutes away, eight minutes if you were really counting. And so we'd go there every holiday and we'd drive right past SMU every holiday. We'd take Mockingbird exit and go left across mm -hmm. the highway opposite of SMU. And my mom would, I would always look at it and my mom would always kind of joke like, Hey, don't look over there. It's too expensive. <laughs> you know, it's like she, she'd always have just a general joke, something like that. It's like, you're not going to go there, you know, don't think about it, you know, cause it's generally more expensive than your other colleges. So she said, you can just roll that one out, you know, because it's known to be more expensive. And so anyways, like, it's so funny that that I ended up going there. Um, but, you know, I I want to add that I think I got offered early. North Texas is my first offer, and that was kind of my only offer. So that it's was crazy because that was – it was my first – it was my third, but it was early for me too, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, I was like, I, I told everyone I'm going to North Texas because that was my only offer. So that was, that was where I was set at. But then I went to North Texas and it just kind of didn't, it was just kind of, all right. It's kind of like a place. <laughs> yeah, it was just, just kind of cool, you know. I was right. like, all right, it's cool, you know. I could, I could go there if it was my only thing, you know. And then I went to San Antonio, UTSA. They're, they were having, they were coaching me or recruiting me heavily, excuse me. And so, and it was, it was cool. And, you know, I liked it better than North Texas, but it was too far of a drive. So North Texas is it. And then uh, SMU offered me last and I went and visited there. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of knew, like I t a lot of recruits or a lot of people that had went, been recruited kind of like, you just kind of know. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of had, I also had that feeling. It was like, I went there and I was like, man, I could see myself here. It was a real nice, it was a, it was a good vibe. And some of the recruits, you know, I just kind of interacted with them. They were cool. The, the, my position coach, which was Burt Hill at the time, I kind of clicked with him. We had good conversations. And also, it was close to home. It was only a 45-minute 40, to an hour drive, mm -hmm. depending on traffic. And the education was unbeatable. So the education was better than North Texas, which is a little further drive. Um, and so my mom was like, I would recommend SMU. And so once we went and took a legit visit, I just kind of knew that SMU was my spot. And that on top of that, the academic progress and, and report would uh, just add it on top of it. Perfect. So you said two things I want to come back to. You talked about academics and official visit. We'll talk about those in a second. I want to rewind really quick. Right. So you said you only had four offers. Do you yep. feel like in, during that time in your in season of your life, do you feel like you missed out because you only had four um, offers? No, no, absolutely not. I, I'm, uh, I'm not a true believer in coincidence or anything. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason and everything has a purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
my high school coach always said he thought he thought I should have had it more and should have went bigger and mm-hmm. and this, but none of the coaches actually threw an offer at me. But no, I, I, I don't think I missed out on anything. Um, like I said, I'm a true believer and everything has a purpose behind it. And so that's where I thought I was meant to be. Great. So you, so you did have other coaches recruiting you, but they never officially offered. Yeah. This guy. I yeah. believe you told me one time about TCU possibly. Was that one of them that you? No, yeah. They wanted me for tight end, gotcha. um, but never like officially offered me. But the biggest one playing defense was the University of Oklahoma. And I went to a few of their games in the uh, in the season and tried to show my face. And, and I wanted to go there so bad. But I got more caught up in the fact that it was the University of Oklahoma mm. and the sticker on the side of the helmet than where that's where I would be happiest at. And that's would be the best fit for me. That's a Justin. That is a gem. That is a gem you just dropped. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about your academics. What kind of student were you? You can be transparent as transparent as you want to. Oh yeah. Oh, what yeah, kind of I'm student were you in, <laughs> in high school? In high school, what type of student were you? Terrible. <laughs> I was a terrible student. No, I. You know, and uh, I actually failed English my soph- my second semester of my sophomore year, and I, it was just. You know, I, I didn't devote myself to the time that was needed. I mean, mm-hmm. straight up, you know, no embarrassment, transparent, like you said. I didn't put in the time, and I didn't do the work. That's as easy as it is. <laughs> so, so what was your GPA when you came out? It was – I think it was a 3.1. Mm-hmm. Might have been a 3.0. But some of those – you know, a lot of those classes, you know, I was a big believer in, like, was now was you know mm-hmm. now I, i'm like the general knowledge thing but uh i don't i don't ever i will never use this and i'll never need it and that's kind of the mentality i had in high school and now it's like i still kind of see it say that and see that but I, I do like the fact that you just kind of need a general knowledge thing but that's a different story anyway but um yeah i was a bad just a bad yeah so in high school just didn't put in the time, didn't put in the work. I mean, it was as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Got you. And so did you take the ACT or SAT or both? Uh, I took the SAT. And um, I was uh, blessed enough to do well enough on it the first time to where I was told that I was fine. So I took it again. Um, because another coach had told, but my recruiting coach from SMU and uh, academic advisor from SMU said I was fine. Um, but that was before I had committed to SMU that another coach told me, he's like, just take it again just to see if you can get a better score so that way we know we're fine. And so that's something I would recommend. Uh, I think a lot of coaches say that now. Just take it, get the best scores possible so that way you can eliminate having any problems exactly. uh, with, with the advisory or uh, academic enrollment or anything like that. Right, exactly. Um, so when I was coming in, my brother actually had to take it a couple times because yeah. they wanted him to get his a little bit higher. Um, and so what a lot of student athletes don't know is that the higher you get your GPA, the lower score you have to make on your SAT or ACT. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, there's like a, it's a sliding scale. So basically like oh, okay. a three, five and above, like I took the ACT. You only have to yeah. make like a seven um, cumulative score if you yeah. um, keep your GPA high all the way through high school. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, because my brother uh, just 
is going to a division three school and they said take the act and w- once you get um a certain score on it right uh you're fine exactly so, so they actually they just told him if you take it once and make a good enough score you're fine mm-hmm. um but i would definitely recommend just to get the best score on it and then exactly. with your advice obviously depending on your gpa you might have to get a higher score exactly exactly yeah that's good um so let's talk about the official visit how many official visits did you go on uh only one official visit, okay. uh, but I did visit every place uh, that offered me, except for Memphis because it was a week earlier, but my three main offers, North Texas, UTSA, and SMU, I did official, uh, non-official, mm-hmm. official was SMU, um, but I, I was glad that I visited every school just to see, you know, you once you commit and once you sign your national letter of intent, you, you might just have like second thoughts. You're like, dang, I wish I would have visited this school or would have visited that. It's like, just take the time to do your due diligence. Even if it's a small school, if you have big offers like SEC offers or, Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call a big school or your dream school, do your due diligence and do your other schools. Because like I said about Oklahoma, you know, you may be just blinded by the fact that it's a school you've always wanted to go to and not the school that best fits you. And so when you visit those schools, you kind of get a real vibe of what fits you best. And that's more so what I would recommend making your uh, uh, decision off of rather than the logo or it's your, oh, it's my dream school or my dad went there or something, you know, I wouldn't recommend that at all. Oh, that's great advice. That's great advice. So what do these non-official visits look like? What does yours look like specifically? Yeah, so it just it looked like, um, like for instance, UTSA. I just went to a practice. It was during spring ball, so I just went to a spring practice. Um, got a short tour of the stadium. Uh, they play in the Alamo Dome mm-hmm. um, in San Antonio, and then a short tour, or I guess it was uh, just a regular tour of the campus. Um, you also there was like an hour, hour and a half. It may have been two hours. I don't remember, but. Um, meetings with the coaches just kind of building relationships and uh, stuff like that it was it was nothing like super serious and then if they wanted to pull you aside or your position coach would make time to uh, come see you and stuff like that but it was very general just kind of seeing it like I said getting a feel for it um, and making sure it's right for you or or making sure it's not right for you so based on those non-visit what was different what made the official visit so official Oh, the, the official visit is official because <laughs> the, jet, the food you get was incredible. Give, um, give some examples actually, to, the, to, the, yeah. uh, to the audience. <laughs> they take, yeah, they take you out to dinner. They take you out to a, a nice dinner. Um, they also, uh, you spend the night there in a hotel, or at least we did. Um, I, we spent two nights at a hotel. Um, and also what we did was um, you kind of have like um, – a teammate that's currently on the team, an older guy that you pair up with and they host you and you kind of go out with them. You go, go bowling or movies or anything um, and kind of go out just hang out with some guys on the team and make sure, you know, you kind of get a feel for the guys on the team, what they do. You you can ask any questions. That's another thing. Um, You can ask all the questions that you don't want to ask in front of your parents or coaches. Um, And then, Student athletes will all always tell you the truth. You know, they, mm-hmm. they have, uh, 
want to be careful how I say. I guess no skin in the game on whether you go or not. Mm-hmm. So they'll t- they'll be blunt with you. They'll be honest with you, and um, tell you the truth about the city as a whole, um, the school, and um, just kind of anything that you could want. Great. So let's make a slight shift, Justin. Let's What's transition the- to when you actually came on the campus at SMU. What surprised you the most about college in general? Surprised me most was when I got to school. Yeah, when you got to school. Yeah, yeah was probably the amount required of us. Um, it's just almost, and I say almost because me personally, I didn't have too much of a struggle with it, but it's mm-hmm. for some people, it is an overwhelming amount of um, requirements, work. Um, things that you have to do, places that you have to be, and it kind of overwhelms some people. Um, but thankfully, I wasn't one of those. But the amount of stuff required, and, and just for example, um, you have a lift at 6 a.m., then you lift, then you have to go eat, of course. So you're up at 5.30 to get there at 6, then you lift for an hour, hour and a half, and then you go to breakfast, then you go to class, and then it's just like a nonstop, constant thing. And then you don't get a break till after your run at six, six thirty, and then you more than likely do homework. So it's like, a, and a lot of people just aren't used to it. They've never been exposed to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's important to build time management skills when you can and where you can. Um, so that's not overwhelming, but that would probably be the number one thing, just the amount of work and stuff required of you. And that's interesting. You said that Justin, because I knew I was it for, trouble where we looked at the packet you know uh when fall camp starts and it <laughs> yeah. said wake up call was 4 30 and we're gonna and we're gonna sleep at 10. i yeah. was like what in the world did i get myself into i know and then and then that's a, that's the worst thing too is like training camp's your first dose and it's your hardest dose too like that's mm-hmm. the hardest part of the year yeah and then you're like and it's your first dose that you ever get so you're just kind of after week three you're just walking around like a zombie after your first year and and hopefully you get a good roommate so you can go to sleep. And that's just kind of the way it is. Exactly. Yes, I agree with that 100%. So let's talk about your sport. Let's, you play football here, of course. So yep. what surprised you the most? What, so, no, what was the biggest difference from your high school, what you did high school football-wise, and college? For me, it was the amount of detail uh, in the scheme and uh, the coaches. Uh, what coach Hill, when I first got in there, he was, he is a super detailed, um, type of coach. And that's just how he is. He's an old school guy and he was, he wouldn't yell at you or anything, but he was like, I need a six inch step, not an eight inch step. (laughs) I mean, just like, like that's how detailed he was. And he was like, I need a left foot, six inch step and then vertical straight right foot you know and the terminal i'm switching up the terminology but it's just like that's how detailed it was you'd go inches and that was just so different for me because in high school it's like a lot of kids are like all right it's cover two just go to the flat you right know, the corner you know it's like right. all right i got it coach and then like you get to college and you're like all right so i got to use this footwork to get to the flat i got to exit hands or open my hips this way i got to keep my eyes on the quarterback and then still know what number one receiver is and yeah i gotta get this and you're like <laughs> You know, it overwhelms you. So that was probably the biggest difference. And then a lot of people just say the speed of the game. The speed of the game, like football is football. 
And so as you get better at football, you just naturally get faster and progress. And and the speed was a difference. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like overwhelmingly. Oh, dude, these guys are so fat. Like for me, and and that's just my personal opinion. That's my personal experience. For me, it was just the detail. And then you actually have to be responsible for a gap. Uh, talking defense and outside linebacker, defensive line. And then that was just, just the amount of detail overall as a whole that went into it. Yeah, I'm right there um, with you. Something you said about the speed of the game, I was actually surprised. So our first game was against Texas Tech. And yeah. I was surprised at how slow the game actually was because right. practice was so tough. And yeah. so we can get to that a little bit more about oh, – yeah. what you want to say, Justin? I mean, no, I mean, that is a good point. Like, you get so much in practice, too. Like, mm-hmm. maybe at that first practice you're like, dang, this is fast. But then, like, you just naturally – like, you're – naturally a great athlete so you naturally can catch up faster and you get you get better the first week of training camp you get so much better because you literally walk in knowing nothing right and so after a week of pounding it into your head you know you get you you don't realize how much better you get and the speed of the game just kind of comes more naturally and you get used to it yeah I 100% agree um so this is more of a, a, a fun question for you so Compare your attributes, like what you bench, like actual numbers. If you can remember, your bench, yeah. your squat, and like your 40 compared to when you came in and when you left five years later. Yeah. I actually, I actually kind of I wrote those down, I think. So I powerlift in high school. So you know I'm powerlifting. If you, did you do powerlifting, Jerry? They didn't let me do it. So they said the only way that they would let me do it was because I mean I played basketball as well and track, yeah. and so it was hard to do all three of those at one time. Uh, I got you. I got you. But they got told you. me my senior year I wanted to do it, and they said, yeah. Jeremiah, you about to go to college? If you don't have a chance to compete for state, we're not letting you do it. Uh, and so and you know that I was two thirty to two forty two, and that's like the monster dude weight group beast mode. Yeah. Yes, and they're like Jeremiah, beast like mode. you're strong, but you're you will not. I don't know. It's, it's just short guys that walk the stocky and just walk exactly. around like that's all that they, they're just a big stump of muscle. But anyway, so in a squat suit, my uh, highest squat, and then I made it. I made it. I won district, and I made it to the the area, and I got third. Uh, I squatted four ninety five mm. in a squat suit. So it was in like, high school. Yeah, in high school. Wow. So it, and it was in a squat. So I could probably. Without the suit, I could probably do four fifteen, four twenty. I now those numbers are rough, but and you were what two thirty five at the time? Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. I could always squat. Now bench is a different story. With the bench suit on, I only did three hundred five. I couldn't even get a full three plates on there uh, with the bench. So I think in high school I could do with just without the suit probably two seventy five, two eighty five, like. My upper body's always been my weakness, but uh, I think those are my no- now forty. We never really timed forty. We do pro agility, but we never uh, we do agility drills, and and I think we did an L drill, and I don't remember those numbers, but uh, we. And never for those who don't know, a pro agility is you go five yards to the left, you go ten yards back the other direction, and then five more yeah. yards. For those who don't yeah. know. Yeah, thanks for clarification. Yeah. On that. But, yeah, we never did nothing but agility drills. So, 40, I, I have no idea. Okay. And when you graduated from college, what were they? What were those numbers? Uh, so, I think I could squat 515 uh, 
based on a number because with true we only did a two or three reps mm -hmm. and i did 495 for two so i think that was four or 515 maybe and then a uh, bench i could do uh 375 mm. was it so so you went from 415 to 515 yeah, yeah so and then 275 to 370 yeah Wow. And then I gained, and over the course of those five years, I gained 20 pounds. So it was probably about, it was fat too, but probably 15 pounds of muscle over the course of those five years. Wow. So it's easy to say that strength conditioning programs in college are on a whole different level than any high school program you can go through. Strain you like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the <laughs> hardest workout you ever did in college? If you can think about one. Uh, probably my first day of 300 shuttles with Mel. And Coach Mel is our strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Yep. Coach Mel, we did the, the 25 back, what? Six times, I think. And six, six or eight times. Right. Was like miserable. <laughs> Bro, in the, in the Texas heat, we got there in July and ran at yep. four o'clock in the afternoon. We sure got, did. We Bro. sure did. Man, why did we do that? <laughs> I, I have no idea. And we were not very good either. So no, it made no. it more difficult. I think it was the first day of those 300 other shuttles. I never threw up, though. I, I will make that point. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you're one of few. I never did either, but <laughs> you're one of few. Yeah. Um, so let's go. We got to talk about these academics in college. Tell me the difference. Uh, we know about your mindset already. Yeah. Um, so what's the difference so, between high school and college for you? Yeah. So I made a big jump in uh, just overall maturity in college. And I realized kind of, you know, and I'll take it back to a specific point in time is like when my mom got the statement and it was, you know, cause we were on a full ride scholarship, mm -hmm. blessed by God, thankfully mm -hmm. uh, to be on that. And, uh, my mom got a statement back with like how much money it costs. And I was like, man, this is serious stuff. And then you just kind of, when you go to college, everyone tells you like how important the college degree is. So just over hearing it so many times, seeing how much I was getting, how much was that scholarship was actually worth at SMU um, really kind of shifted my mind. It's like, Oh man, this is, this is a serious deal. And I kind of need to start paying attention more. Um, I also, um, I got out of my general education stuff really early. I got it done pretty quick. And, and oh. I, I cared about that, like I said earlier, like, but it's nothing that I wanted. It was nothing I was truly interested in. So after the general education, I started doing stuff, classes that I was actually interested in, um, strength and conditioning, uh, uh, biomechanics, uh, the way the body works, uh, anatomy and physiology, all stuff that I actually cared about. And I was like, okay, I could see this, how this translates. To me, not only right now as a student athlete, but also in the future when I become or potentially play in the NFL, when I potentially become a football coach as, or athletic director or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that way I, I naturally, um, thankfully, picked up on my school and, and it was easier to do well in those classes and easier to study because I enjoy them so much. Gotcha. So what did you actually get your uh, bachelor's degree in? My bachelor's is uh, sports management which is basically like administration and sports. 
uh, public relations, marketing, um, those kind of things that you stuff behind the actual game on game day. And so why were you so interested in that? So you said you kind of hinted at it a little bit later. I mean, a little bit um, ago. So is this something that you want to transition into? Yeah, I knew I wanted to be um, – I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a uh, football coach, excuse me. Um, so uh, in high school, your football coach is typically your athletic director. So I was like, well, you know, I know I'm interested in sports. I love sports. So I need to do something to, pertaining to sports. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I could do sports management, which is like the other side – if you're not coaching, you're kind of in administration and marketing or public relations, which all those fall under sports management. Mm-hmm. So I, I took that, I blind, uh, not blindly took it, but um, unknowingly, truly, if that's what I would really be interested in, but kind of knowing, I, I'm looking for a term, but I can't find it here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah we'll catch on to you. We got you. Yeah. And so I, I took that knowing that it would probably be my best interest compared to other stuff about what I wanted to do past football or post football. And what did you do outside of just the classroom? I of like the, you said you took biomechanics and uh, strength conditioning. What did you do to gain experience in that while you were in college, if you did anything at all? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot, actually. I really relied on football and training to be that for me. Uh, to, to your typical uh, student who doesn't do sports or anything, you, there's several internships that you can join in. I mean, there's a gym on every corner in Dallas. You know, you could volunteer at one of those. You could uh, get your strength and conditioning certification, your CSCS. You could do several mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, but me, yeah, I just relied on football and kind of um, off season. I would spend some time with our strength coach, Coach True, and then um, just kind of talking uh talking weight room talk i guess if mm-hmm. for lack of a better term getting to know kind of the consensus of building and programming and how that kind of works and just kind of building that knowledge yeah but didn't you if i'm not mistaken in one of the summers didn't you work with um herm with our marketing director yes yeah yeah, I did an internship in public relations. Public relations. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, with Brad Sutton and Herm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I did that uh, for a full semester, yeah. Was it difficult balancing your academics with football and also doing the internship as well? It wasn't too bad because – my academic that replaced my academics mm, so it yeah. wasn't and said it was a replacement of something instead of added on something um but i do know someone some people do take classes and internships and it's something added but um that's kind of like i alluded to earlier and i'll probably allude to later is kind of building skill and time management um making your priorities getting up earlier staying up a little later but still making sure you have enough sleep um, and time management, you can get it done for sure. Perfect. That's great. Um, and so shifting, let's talk about your social life a little bit. Um, we didn't really talk about your high school social life. So what did that look like? Were you very social? Were you like, I mean, you were defensive MVP all say. So were you like the guy on campus or uh, were you just kind of <laughs> quiet and reserved? I was a little bit of both. It depends on who I talk to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we had a, relatively good relationship I'll open up pretty easy but people I don't know I don't 
I'm not an open book for sure. I kind of stay closed until, until I get to know you. So I build some trust with you. Um, but, and that's kind of the way I was in high school in college. I had a daughter in high school. So a lot of my social life outside of football wasn't, wasn't there because I was so focused on being a good dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go home a lot um, instead of going out or going to hang out with friends or going over their houses or anything. I would go home a lot. And uh, that was just another different aspect that's something that I go through. Not many people go through, but it does definitely happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a great dad was much more important to me on the weekends than going over to a friend's house. So that's kind of where I stayed up. As far as like the campus as a whole, um, I never really got too involved. I would go to several Bible studies and get involved with those um, people. But I just had, I felt like I had so much on my plate. I didn't want to keep adding and keep adding. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone kind of has their niche, I guess, to be on campus and stuff to get involved in. And, and I would definitely recommend to get involved in something besides athletics and academics um, to build relationships, not only, but also just to kind of keep you busy and, and to build those skills and whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, being a dad was much more important to me than anything else. Yeah, that's excellent. You certainly are a good dad. Um, I appreciate I it. I don't know if you mind me sharing this, but you just had number two. Yep. Just had number just two. Had, yep. She's Y'all four are. months old yesterday, actually. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Appreciate um, it. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, I think you know now we're we're expecting number one. We're we're three months into the pregnancy, so <laughs> I'm going to be leaning on you for some more advice, for sure. Hey. This is my best advice. Just wing it. Just wing it. <laughs> Just wing it. That's all you got, bro. Cool. <laughs> um, and so, if I'm not mistaken, you had did you have Coach Dykes um, as a coach for like one game? About two, about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Coach Dykes. For two. So you essentially had you had two full. You had two different coaches, and you had Coach Dykes. Um, so tell me about the coaching transition. Like, how was that as a player when you have you get recruited by one coach, and then you have to suddenly switch over to another coach. And then right before you left, you had another one. So tell me about that. Yeah, yeah for me, it was just a, a case of adapting and adjusting to a new coach. I mean, for me, it was never a question about if I wanted to transfer or um, – I never really thought about it. I loved SMU and I loved the school. And so you can always ad- adapt and adjust to um, who they bring in or what they bring in. But uh, I actually, the coaching change for me was better than what I had come in on. Mm. And so every coach does stuff differently. Every coach has their own way, you know, and, and per se. And so I actually enjoyed the coaching changed more so than when I had originally came. Mm. And so that's something I think a lot of athletes like that's not the coach who recruited me. So I don't want to be here, you know, and and they completely count out who they're actually bringing in and they don't, they don't observe or think about the um, environment under the new coach. And if they would even like it, they're resistant to the whole idea and without giving him a chance. And so that's something I would say, just kind of be open-minded to. But for me, I actually enjoyed it more than when I had originally came in. Oh, that's great insight. So how did you handle like rumors? Cause I was, we were there together when all the, when all this stuff was going on and you were actually there twice when there yeah. were rumors going around. So how did you handle that? 
Um, like, what was the kind of the environment in the locker room? Yeah, well, the first time I didn't, it completely caught everybody off guard. It did. <laughs> it did. It when, did. When Coach Jones got fired at after North Texas, it was like, uh, you know, it was like we had no idea. Right. The second time, it was pretty a big. It was a pretty big deal, and so it was difficult to kind of think. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of like with rumors about everything. You just kind of have to wait and see, you know. And thankfully, we had a good enough head coach to where he called several of us and kind of cleared the air, told a, told us what was going on. So we heard straight from the man himself about what was going on and everything that had happened. So we didn't have to really listen to rumors. Um, but handling rumors is just kind of something that I wouldn't spread too much, but, you know, I'd kind of take with a grain of salt. It could be true. It could not be true. Um, but I think it's important not to just gossip on stuff that you hear um, that could be true or could not be true. Right. And that's major because what we don't realize in high school, like it's a very, very, it's a local market. Like it's yeah. not really that big of a thing, but when you go to a division one, division two university, like this yeah. is, this is going to be on ESPN. Like yeah. you are heavily publicized and there's a lot of media surrounding what's going on. So yeah. I think the advice you gave is very, very good. Um, sure. So as we wrap, as we wrap up, there's a couple more questions. What is the best part of being a college student athlete? The experience, and and it's tough. The experience of being a student athlete is definitely it's not easy for sure. But you get to experience, you get to see things, you get to go through things, you get to build relationships with people, and the experiences that very few people get to. Um, experience. So the whole um, experience as a whole, you know, it's just a blessing. Um, like, I, and like I said, it's not, it's not an easy blessing for sure. Cause you will struggle. You will go through hard times. You will like, we lost a lot early. We did, so that was tough. <laughs> we did lose a lot but of it, games. <laughs> it was tough, but it's all stuff that you can learn from. It's all stuff that you can get through and be better on the other side. So just the experience as a student athlete as a whole was was uh, great for me. Yeah, for sure. For me, I, I would have to add on the food was amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like steak, definitely. Is. I heard after. Oh, I don't think you were part of this, but they said like Coach Dykes came in and brought like lobster tail and all these different Bro, things. Like <laughs> they get and they and they turned in the Hall of Champions or if it's still the Hall of Champ like into a food. Mecca. I mean, all in like twenty four seven. You can go out there and get something. Wow. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the food is amazing. I can definitely say that as well. No doubt. Um, no doubt. So let's talk about you. Um, your NFL process here for a little bit. Um, so tell me about the combine. Can you, can you give us some insight on what you went through? Because I hear it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Well, I never actually went to the combine. Mm. But pro day. Pro day. Yeah. Let's talk about the pro day. Yeah, so I went – I did a pro day. Basically, how that works is you just train for three months. Like, you don't – I mean, it's really non-three months straight of training for something that doesn't even have anything to do with football, but that's a different conversation. Um, <laughs> in my – that's my opinion, too. So, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really – it's not that stressful of a day – 
at least for me, because yeah, you get, you get multiple chances to test. You always get two to three jumps. You get two to three forties, you get two to two to three times. I think it's two primarily, but I've, I have seen a guy request another one and they granted. Um, so that's interesting too. But anyway, um, so you just go out there and do what you've been working for. And like I said, like I said, in my personal opinion, it's not actually football. They're just gauging on how good of an athlete you are. And typically the better athletes can play football better. So that's kind of what they're gauging on. And I think it also depends on the NFL team too, because uh, they videotape everything and, and some people request it. Some people don't, some people don't, some teams don't even look at the 40. Some teams do. Some teams look at how much you bench press. Some teams don't, you know, it just kind of depends on the team and what they're looking for and what position you play. Um, so for me, it was just, Hey, go out here and do your best. Everything else will fall in line. Great. So that's the on the field. What else did you do outside of that? I know you told me about some, some team visits you had to do. And yeah. I'm, I would love for you to share um, the interview questions in that process uh, that you shared yeah. with me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I took uh, two team visits, one to the Rams and one to the Saints. Oh, I went to the Bucks too. And, and th those visits, they're very brief. You, you sit down, they – and they basically kind of just have a general conversation and just kind of get a feel of who you are, um, what you're about, your family. Um, yeah, some of the questions are they'll ask you from anything to how big your foot size is, to how many brothers and sisters you have, mm -hmm. to what books you like to read, to do you go out and get drunk on Saturday <laughs> night? I mean, like, you know, just straight up stuff, you know, I can't remember what exact questions I probably told you. You just um, told me there was a particular coach that every time you said something, it was a negative response. Oh, yeah, he was – yeah, there was one scout that was like – I think he was trying to get me to get frustrated. or Right. Like, he was trying to like – he was trying to knock me off for sure. And he was like – I would say something and he would – he'd be like, oh, really? And and was like, you didn't really do – like he wouldn't be – like he would just – BSing me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, man, like, you're not going to rattle me here. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do, but it's not working. Right. And so, yeah. I, and yeah. So it, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll try some crazy stuff for sure. So compare a college schedule to an NFL schedule for me, like your personal schedule. It's really the same, to be honest. Huh. I mean, so you get up, you go to meetings. Now, I will say in the NFL, you do get a little bit more sleep and the practices are a little shorter. Probably the only difference, to be honest. But you still get up, you go to meetings. Um, after hour, hour and a half of meetings, you go lift in the weight room. Uh, after the weight room, you go have lunch. You go back to meetings. Instead of going back to class or to class, you would just substitute all these meetings for class, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then you have like an hour, hour and a half break to get ready for practice. Uh, ice, hot, cold tubs, whatever, stretch, you know, whatever you have to do for practice. And then um, you practice for probably an hour and a half, hour 45, sometimes two hours in training camp when mm -hmm. it's heavy, heavy, heavy. 
and then you have dinner and then this is one difference also you actually watch the film after practice of mm -hmm. the practice so you get the corrections instead of watching the corrections the next day or not watching them at all you have enough time which would typically in college uh schedule be taken up by class you right. would have more meetings to watch the practice so the only difference is really is you have a little bit more time before practice to get ready for practice. You have a little more time post-practice to recover from practice because it's more so about your body than college. And you also have more time, what would be, like I said, in college, be taken up by classes. Mm -hmm. um, and then you watch that. And then probably 6.37, you finish the film, and then you go home. Mm. Yeah. yeah that, that's then, oh, we go uh, yeah. So, and then like in college, you would typically do homework at night In the NFL, you really just study your opponent uh, film a little bit more than you would in college. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's a little more complex of a game and at night after dinner or during the day when you have free time. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good because a lot of people like I watch different videos and different things like that. And they said, if you have so much time as a, um, professional athlete that is just like you work out for like five hours and then the rest of the day you just have to yourself in the off season yes in the off season it's nothing like college and I, I guess I should have brought that up but in the off season you work out in the morning and then you have no obligations the rest of the day hmm. so that's that's when you could do an internship or uh you could probably get another job if you really wanted to. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you just have that much time, and that's kind of mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm doing different stuff post football. A lot of guys do. A lot of the smart guys, I would say, focus on post football. Um, uh, our direct director of player development always tells us that you're you're always developing one business and building, or you're building one business, which would be for me right now as an athlete. I'm constantly building that business and you're preparing or working on the next so which for me would be post football whether that's coaching um teaching what i mean internship whatever that may be and then for like student athletes you're constantly doing that because as a student athlete and academic uh your academics that's your business now and but through the academics and internships same thing as football you could be building your next business which is post football Oh, that's amazing. That's really good. I haven't heard it put that way before. So that's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and so you just told me actually that you are certified as a teacher, correct? Did you tell me that? Yes, I am. So you're, you're already ready. You're already halfway, well, probably more than halfway uh, prepared for whenever it's time for you to uh, hang up the cleats, which will hopefully is five, six, eight, ten years from now. Uh, God willing, it will be, but <laughs> if, he, if he changes his mind, exactly, I, I will be ready. <laughs> yeah, I will be. And it's just something, um, it's something that I feel like God's put on my heart uh, to eventually be a high school coach or some sort of coach. And then part of that is getting your teacher certification. So I went ahead and knocked that out, especially with COVID. You have so much time. Uh, I went ahead and knocked all that out and uh got it done super smart see that's why you're my guy because you're always thinking ahead always thinking ahead. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so did you have so two more questions for you did you yeah. have a big purchase after you signed the contract and got um the money over these last what i guess about to be three years i did not 
uh, I'm in the process. So I'm in the process of looking for a truck, but I wouldn't even consider it uh, a big purchase because I have a budget for myself that is like uh, 15000 for a truck. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't consider that. The, the, the one thing I bought, I guess, uh, the Christmas of my rookie season, I brought I bought my wife Denver uh, Louis Vuitton purse, but that was only mm. that was like I think it was I think I paid seventeen hundred for it or whatever. But I, that would be my only bit. I'm not I hate spending money to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like spending money. I I like to be thoughtful. Like if I'm gonna spend money, it has to have a purpose and it has to be thoughtful. And so I'm a little different than your average uh, NFL player, I guess. But yeah, no, I haven't had any big purchases at all. So let's hit on that real quick. We talked about it before we um, aired officially. So tell me about some money management things that you've seen in the NFL, like different players. Yeah. Yeah, so the NFL uh, recommends that you get a uh, financial advisor and that they help you directly. You work directly with them to uh, – and that you don't have to, obviously, but that's kind of your direct – but for me, I'm I'm – I'm kind of weird. I'm a little OCD. Um, so I do, I use an app called every dollar. Mm-hmm. And so Dave Ramsey. Yep. I do a, uh, I have a budget every month and I just go to my bank account and I input all the purchases, mm-hmm. uh, three, four to times a month. And at the end of the month, I look at where we're at and I categorize them all. And I do, I do all of that. And, uh, I started that probably my first year in the NFL because when you're in college in the NFL, they always talk about managing money, mm-hmm. how important it is, how important to know. So I, so I really dove into that. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of spending money as a whole, but I wanted to know, you know, I would check my bank account and it'd be like $6,000 gone. I'm like, where did that even go? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I think we've all had that. It was like, how is it that low? Like, I know I didn't spend that much. Right. I think we've all had that experience. So I started keeping track of it and it's actually helped me manage money. I've actually put more um, money in a portfolio for investments and stuff because I manage my money correctly month to month. And I, it's a strict budget. You know, everyone has a budget, but you follow it. Do you hold yourself accountable to it? That's a bigger issue. Um, so we, me and my wife do, and then it actually, we were able to build an emergency savings account, a portfolio, and multiple things like that because of it. Which is amazing. So do you think that high school and college student-athletes could benefit from using the Every Dollar app right now? Something, yeah. They could definitely be doing something, uh, especially in college because you do get a stipend. You do make a little bit of money. Um, So to know where that money goes, to know where you're spending a lot, like if you're spending just – 500 bucks a month at restaurants, you know, at the end of the month, when you look at everything, you could really cut back and you're eating out mm-hmm. and just saving money here, saving money there. And, and depending on how much you make, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to starve yourself, you know, but just be conscious of where you're spending your money, how you're spending it and where it goes and keeping track of it's really the only way to do that. Yeah. Great insight. Great insight. So as we finish up, can you give our student athletes and everyone out there, the five pieces of pieces of advice um, for those who do want to become student uh, college student athletes in the future. 
Yeah. So I wrote these down because I knew you were going to ask me that. So I wanted to have some good stuff and not just kind of come off the top of my head. But uh, number one, and these are no particular order, but kind of what it was on my heart is like, number one would be like to know who you are. Mm. Um, when you go to college and everything, if you don't know who you are, um, then society and the people around you will probably more than likely define you or tell you who you are. Um, and if that is true and you do allow that to happen, it's probably not, depending on who you're around, obviously, probably not going to be who you want to be. Um, so I would say, you know, define who you are, know who you are. And it doesn't have to be like a written down definition. Some people do, some people don't. But have your values and know who you are. Um, so that way you don't get shifted or swayed based on the people around you. Um, number two would be uh, build skill and time management. We've talked several times, several about uh, seconds or minutes about that. And that's one of the biggest things for me is like, even today, um, I've got a stack of papers and I could bring one out. But uh, even today, like when I wake up, I read my Bible and I do like a just a quick yoga session just to kind of stretch out mm -hmm. a little bit. And then after that, I'll kind of write down a brief uh, schedule for the day, kind of what I have to do, what I need to get done, timing, just to kind of get myself into that time management. And so I would say if you have someone who's familiar with that or even us, I would say kind of get used to that to kind of schedule your day, get on a routine and then just experiment with what works for you. It's all, it's different for everybody. Um, so, and then third, I would say commit yourself to constant growth and learning. And this is, this is good for a pre post during football life in general is like be a constant learner and then the fourth one that kind of goes in with that is read 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 um books are such an undervalued asset in our society and and stuff that we've getting from it it's like if you can read and get all that information it does nothing but help you for the value of that book and then um lastly i would say just develop and establish relationships I still have several relationships that I rely on today. Um, one being me and you, uh, my financial advisor I got from my SMU. Uh, I've gotten several strength and conditioning tips from coaches that I've established at SMU. My defensive line coach, we still talk probably once every two to three months. Uh, we talked last, Coach Morris, I still keep in touch with at Auburn. Those relationships, you maybe never need them, but they're there and they're established. And, and I still talk to Albert. You know, Albert, you know, Albert. Yeah, I just talked. I just saw him, baby, a month or so ago. Yeah, and I still talk to him. Just maintaining those, and you may never need them, but they're there. Um, somebody could always help you out if you needed it, and it's always good people, good friends to fall back onto, just if you need someone to talk to. But they're not there if you don't develop and establish those relationships, and then keep in touch with those people mm. over the long term. Man, Justin, those are great and powerful. So def I definitely want to thank you for um, enlightening our student athletes um, with your wisdom and your knowledge um, and your insight. You've, I think this uh, interview has been tremendous. You did a great job. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining in and tuning in to um, the Elevating Your Potential podcast. We hope you learned something. We know you did. 
Um, stay tuned for next week's episode. Appreciate it, John. I appreciate you.